0: So you probably saw my sermon title, God and Warriors, and you might be thinking Mary is shamelessly promoting the game tonight in the finals, National Basketball Association, with the Golden State Warriors playing Cleveland Cavaliers. No, actually, I'm not, even though I am going to watch the game, but you might be interested to know, as we are in the Psalms all summer long, 150, no, we're not doing all of them, We're just doing those that are in the lectionary. And the psalm this morning is uh, one of those, and there's many, where there is the backdrop of real war and real warriors being faced. And that's pretty constant in ancient Israel at the time that these psalms were written. So they're always dealing with war, always dealing with a very real enemy. I think you're mindful of the fact that most of the Psalms are written by the king of Israel, one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had, and his name is David. That's right. David is a warrior, and he is a commander-in-chief, if you will. But more importantly than that, as the king of Israel, he is considered God's representative. He is God's Anointed, and you will hear that term in this psalm. He is anointed to, in a very special way, a very important way, represent God's reign, God's sovereignty over all things, to be an extension of God's character, God's personality, and goodness. So they believed very strongly that when they were preparing to go to war, it was really important for them to remember the strongest thing that they had going for them, and that was their dependence upon God. So here they are. They're getting ready. They know there's a threat. There's trouble. You're going to hear that word in a time of trouble. So they are preparing for war and rallying all their soldiers and everything else you need to do to prepare for war, but they are also in worship. This psalm, Psalm 20, is a prayer that is being sung and said And prayed in their worship service, just like we're gathered right now for a worship service. They were gathering in this time of trouble with these formidable threats around them. And the most formidable form of of warrior at that time was a chariot and horse-drawn chariots and the warriors that were in them. So they are remembering that the most formidable weapon of all that they have is their dependence upon God? This is called a royal psalm. You are invited to turn there with me if you want to in your Bibles. Psalm 20. There are nine royal psalms in the 150 songbook that is called the Psalms, and they have to do with the king. This one before a battle. Let's pray. God, as your people gathered thousands of years ago to turn to you in complete trust, to turn to you and to hear you, in conversation with you in the Psalms, we pray for your spirit to fill this psalm, to meet us here, that we may hear you and be assured. Pray this in Christ's name, amen. Psalm 20, listen to God's word to you. The Lord answer you. Oh, wait a minute. Bill, where are you? We're going to do the women and the men, the men and the women, and then unison. Coming up. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to involve you because this is what happened 3,000 years ago. You were saying at the congregation. So the first three verses are going to be the men. Mm -hmm. Then the next section is going to be the women. And then all of us will say the last several verses in unison. All right? The words will be up on the screen, but you may want to turn to your Bibles as well. Psalm 20. First three verses are the men, the next two are the women, the last three are all of us together. women. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your victory and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord will help his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories by his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise and stand upright. Give victory to the King, O Lord. Answer us when we call. It's the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. Praying for the king, and then ending with these words, which I find very striking. Some take pride in chariots, some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise and stand upright. What Israel had going for them was not chariots and horses the greatest thing that they had going for them was their dependence upon God. When you think about David's beginnings as a warrior, this is a story that is very well known, even to people who are not regularly in the biblical story. But David, when he was just a little shepherd boy, the youngest of all his brothers was out in the field, and he Looks like we can't get that picture up. Leslie, is it kind of stuck? Anyway. There you go. So David actually goes to the battlefront. He's not supposed to be there, but he goes to take food to his brothers who are there. And Israel is lined up on one side of a valley, and all these Philistines huge Philistines, intimidating soldiers are lined up on the other side, and there is this one enormous giant, his name is Goliath, and he comes out and he breathes threats to all the people, and the deal is if one soldier, one man can go against Goliath and defeat him, then the whole war will be won right there. Daniel goes, not Daniel, David goes to the battlefront he hears the intimidating cries of this giant and the Philistines and he sees how the people of Israel are cowering in the face of this giant. And he reminded them of the most powerful weapon that they had. Was it a slingshot? Was that the most powerful weapon that they had? Which is how he went out there and fought Goliath and defeated him? No. It was their complete dependence upon God. That was the most powerful weapon, the most formidable, undefeatable thing that they had going for them. That was David's beginning as a warrior. When you think about Israel's beginning as a people, when they were held as slaves in Egypt and kept begging and begging, Moses, let my people go, let my people go, Pharaoh kept saying, no, no, no. And then after many plagues and horrible things happening, Pharaoh lets them go. So you've got 600,000 slaves who are leaving Egypt on foot, women and children, not moving very fast. And they are being chased by hundreds and hundreds of chariots and warriors, horse-drawn, just intimidating army. And as these Hebrew slaves are fleeing, the lesson that God kept trying to teach Israel was trust. Dependence on Yahweh. So, did they win that battle because the people had any weaponry whatsoever? No. They had nothing. Absolutely nothing. The best weapon for them was looking to God. Moses with his hands up, trusting, completely trusting, and being dependent upon God. And the seas parted. Israel kept forgetting this, kept forgetting that the most important thing about them was their complete dependence upon God. And it's easy to forget that, isn't it, when you've got warriors in your face, in your face, David remembered better than most kings did. But, you know, they decided to have a king and begged God to give them a king in the first place because they wanted to be like the other nations. Even though God wanted them to be completely dependent upon him as their king, They decided, no, we want to be like the other nations. We want to have a king like the other nations. We want to fight wars like the rest of the nations. And they wanted to win their battles like the rest of the nations. So the real battle going on underneath all these battles is God battling for the people's trust. That's the real battle going on here. And this is the way God fights this battle. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. God comes in the flesh, goes into the holy city. And what are the people crying out about Jesus when he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey? Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed be the king who comes in the name of the Lord. This is God's king, God's anointed, God's Messiah. This is a king, not trusting in chariots or horses or the most powerful weaponry of the day, but trusting in God. This is God fighting. Trusting in God completely. And what happens at the end of the week? After Jesus rides into Jerusalem, how does that week end? Well, he loses the battle, right? He is bloodied and mangled and hanging from a cross. He loses the battle with Rome. He loses the battle with the religious leaders. No, he didn't because God raised him from the dead and in that process raised us up to trust God like that too. The most important victory of all and one that's so hidden to us that we forget what the most important thing is about us and what the most important battle is of all completely depending upon God. Abraham Lincoln is quoted so often, for in so many ways, for so many reasons. And you probably know this quote, but when he was asked by one man if God was on the side of the north, and this was something that was talked about a lot then because this was mostly people who identified as Christians in the north and the south saying that God was on the side of the north or God was on the side of the south when he was asked that question this was his answer sir my concern is not whether God is on our side my greatest concern is to be on God's side for God is always right complete dependence on God the battle underneath the battle This window, really, into the greatest victory in Lincoln's humility, truly, as this country's commander-in-chief. You know that the Civil War was one of the deadliest, if not the deadliest, with disease and all the slaughter that went on, Christians slaughtering other Christians. But the real battle is the one that Lincoln names, completely surrendered to trust God are we on God's side thy kingdom come can we lean in directly to the greatest and most important thing about us as God's people whatever battle I mentioned at the beginning that wars were constant in the time of the Psalms being written and sung and prayed but you know wars are still constant aren't they As we pray these prayers, as we learn these psalms, there is a constancy to war and conflict around the world, in countries, but in our more honest moments. We experience war closer to home in our churches, in the Presbyterian church. Conflict over contentious issues, causing churches to leave, causing people to leave, to divide. Conflict. Very real conflict. Wars that are going on in our families. Where people are not talking to one another but about one another. Wars going on in our homes, in our marriages, in our jobs, in our schools, in our hearts. You might be wondering, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, just go to that place where you feel this pit, this ugh, in the middle of your stomach and your gut where you find yourself just going, typically it's about conflict of some kind. That place. And friends, whatever the battle, just like Israel, our most formidable weapon in that battle is our dependence on God and the victory of God in Jesus Christ who helps us do that. That is the very battle Jesus won Helping us depend completely to trust fully in God. Some of my neighbors decided to have a party about mm, a month ago. They have a brand new big screen TV, uh, HD. And so they wanted to celebrate the 35th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. So they had a big party and had people come over to watch the movie with them. And unfortunately, it wasn't able to stay because it sounded kind of fun. And I do, like, I do like the Star Wars series, but I think it's amazing just how enduring that series is. Maybe it's good for us to stop and think about why. But I want you, as we think through the real battle going on underneath the battle, I'm hoping this clip will work. We'll give it our best shot. Yeah, Leslie's got her fingers crossed up there. Alright, let's try watching this clip. Hang on to. That was large enough for you to see it. I heard Rosemary behind me going, "What? What is going on out there?" But there is this phrase that has endured: leaning into letting go of trusting this power that is God. That is the first and hopefully, the most complete inclination of our hearts is to trust. Now, when I was looking on YouTube for this video, I saw one of the comments below it and it said this, that was stupid. He listened to a voice of someone who was dead and turned off the technology to use the force. <laughs> Maybe it does seem stupid as we lean into a series that obviously is fictional, but it's drawing some, from, very, some, from some very, very deep theological waters. Our battles, the real battle underneath the battles that we're facing every day, the most formidable weapon that Luke had, that we have, is complete dependence on the one who was dead but is very much alive and is king and reigns over all. You know, we're not fighting Darth Vader or the Death Star. So what does this psalm have to do with me? We are battling many things. In fact, I even hear you use that language. Battling cancer, battling addiction, battling overwhelming debt, battling depression, exhaustion, discouragement, Frustration in relationships that don't seem to get any better. Those places of stress and anxiety and discouragement, they're big in our lives. They are very big. And underneath every single one of these battles, we encounter a greater battle, and that is to depend completely on God. You look in this psalm, and the confidence that is in this psalm, there is in here this strong, strong reassurance that there will be victory for the Lord's anointed. Victory, the word here is Yeshua, which means God saves, which is Jesus' name. Yeshua is Jesus. Jesus. And the victory, as we see it at the end of the psalm, is making our boast in the name of the Lord, leaning in completely as Jesus did. You stop and think about it. I bet David, even though at the beginning, when he was learning to be a warrior, he won his battles completely depending on God's greatness, and all he had was a slingshot. Decided not to wear the armor of Saul. Later on, though, David had lots of chariots and he had lots of horses and he had lots of armies and he had a lot of power. And I think when that happens, it's easier to put our trust there. You think about where we live and what we have. We have so much. And I've heard so many of you comment on how grateful you are for the education that we have for the resources we have medically around here, for the technology, we're in the heart and the center of technology and innovation, resources for therapy and healing of all kinds. Perhaps it's easier for us, our first inclination is to put our trust there. They are gifts. But our complete dependence, the most important thing about us, is our dependence upon God. I think it's important to ask the question, if we are dependent upon God, does that mean we'll be victorious over our cancer, over our addiction, our financial crisis, that our prayers for our children, our marriage, our loneliness, our failure will be answered? When you look at Jesus, he suffered the worst kind of death, but the real battle was won. Nobody could take away from him the most formidable weapon that he had, and that was his complete dependence upon God. It is Israel's most formidable weapon. It is our most formidable weapon. Victory, Yeshua, comes from complete dependence upon God. Now I know that the Lord will help his anointed. He will ha- answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories by his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise. And stand upright. My question is what helps you? What helps you depend completely on God? That's an important question for us. And as we look at Psalm 20. And we look at what helped Jesus do that. It wasn't just in the moment. It was a lifetime of being in these Psalms, being in worship. Jesus was constantly worshiping with the people, constantly learning these prayers, constantly in prayer, surrounded by friends of faith like you're doing today. Friends, I would say to you what you're doing today is what helps us do that being around others that help us remember regularly, help us learn the Psalms, help us pray, help us remember God's saving acts, this confidence that we have in God. In God alone, my heart trusts. It's the most important thing about us. It is the most important thing about us. In all the battles we face, inside you, in your head, in your family, your community, all the places that matter to you, is that greatest battle underneath it all that Jesus has won for us, for you, so that you, too, can completely depend and learn to completely depend on God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do acknowledge before you the battles that most stress us out right now. The ones that are most frightening. The ones that are most draining. The ones we cannot fix. And we praise you that you have come to fight for us. To fight for our trust that in Jesus Christ you have trusted and you have lifted us all to this confidence that we can have victory, that we can let go and trust you with all of who we are. We pray for that. Fill us anew with your confidence this day. Fill us anew with your victory, your peace, with Jesus' faith and hope and love. On your people, pour your power. Grant us wisdom and courage for the facing of whatever hour we face this day. In your world and in our lives. In Christ's name we pray.